Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. I'm here with my co-host Frank Santo Padre, and tonight we're going to be doing our special in memoriam uh, Some, show. Something a little different. We haven't done this before. Yeah. But I thought, you know, we've talked about so many people during the year who've passed, like Al Molinaro from The Odd Couple, and we've talked about Yvonne Craig, Batgirl. And, and I remember on the Academy Awards, they had the In Memoriam segment, and afterwards Steve Martin said, I I love the In Memoriam segment so much, I can't wait till I'm on it. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> So what? But it, you revealed to me today that it's your favorite part of any award I show. Love. I love. Yeah. I I look forward. I just want to see that the other parts bore me. Mm-hmm. The immemorium. I I just love. Me too. Yeah. I don't know what that is. We're we're obviously both. It's because of the historian in us, or we're I, both just morbid. Yeah, both morbid historians. Right. <laughs> So, so we should start by uh, acknowledging the passing of a, of a real icon. Uh, and that was the great Leonard Nimoy. Yes, uh, and and uh, a friend of mine who who spoken to Nimoy, and this is a guy mm-hmm. I met. He used to work at DC Comics, and he, I mean, with all my bottomless pit knowledge of meaningless showbiz trivia. This guy could skate circles around. That is terrifying. Yeah. That such a person exists. It's, it's very scary. He's bordering on Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. <laughs> and and he's, he's a writer. He's written several books on Star Trek. So if, if anyone can speak about Leonard Nimoy, it's him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Alan Asherman. Hello. Hello. Alan, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. What, and thanks for asking me. Of course. Tell us again the name of the, 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 the titles of the Star Trek books that you authored. I wrote the Star Trek Compendium and the making of Star Trek II and the Star Trek Interview book. Cool. That's and great. Now, tell us how uh, Leonard Nimoy's passed growing up. Well, I think Leonard's whole life was, was actually the buildup for playing Mr. Spock. Uh, he had unique features, uh, which were the product of his Ukrainian Jewish heritage, and they caused Hollywood to classify him as a character actor, a performer whose physical appearance does not conform to the film industry's image of a potential star. He was, therefore, an outsider by Hollywood standards. He portrayed a succession of outsiders during his early TV career. Uh, his roles include juvenile delinquents, minor criminals, bandits, Middle Easterners, no. foreign revolutionaries, the whole thing. Even an alien, a Martian named Nayrad in a 1952 serial called Zombies of the Stratosphere. And and he, but that alien, uh, that experience of being an alien came from his growing up in Boston, right? Yes, he was raised in, um, in a tenement in the Jewish section of Boston, and um, he um, he was always an outsider there from the time he began acting in little theater at neighborhood um, installations at the age of eight. That was that was how how bad it was for him. He felt he needed an escape of some kind, even at the age of eight. Interesting. So, so, so Nimoy, growing up. 
was already the alien by yes, being he a was Jew a, in Boston. He was already mirroring the, the, the actor who lived in two different worlds. The, the, the world of the character actor making a living day to day, week to week, to week and the dream of stardom that every actor hopes to attain, but which few character actors achieve. And ironically, landing the role of Mr. Spock, the quintessential outsider, led to Nemoy's rapid transformation into a Hollywood insider, a star. But it wasn't easy. Uh, there were a lot of reservations in the beginning. How, how did Roddenberry come to cast him as Spock? Was it an episode of a show called The Lieutenant? Do I have that right? Um, that's the popular story, but uh-huh. they had known each other before. Roddenberry had written many scripts for a producer named Fred Ziv, among whose series was Sea Hunt. Um, yeah, sure. and, uh, Lloyd Bridges. And Moy played in about a dozen episodes of Sea Hunt. Okay, so there was, a, there was a pre-existing relationship between him and Roddenberry. Yes, and um, Roddenberry didn't remember when. It might have been on the set of the lieutenant. It might have been when they saw each other on a ziv lot during the 50s. But at one point, Roddenberry turned to him and said, someday I'm going to put pointed ears on you. <laughs> wow. I hope that's true. It's great. Now, you, you told me that there were a few variations on the pointed ears in the beginning. Yeah, the, uh, the initial reservation was, um, was Leonard wondered, how would people react? Would they laugh at him? And uh, the first pair of ears that were received from a makeup man, a very capable makeup man, uh, Leonard uh, <laughs> probably kept his eyes closed on the makeup couch, and then when he opened them, he was he was aghast because he looked like a uh, an elf, some kind of a probably <laughs> like, looked like a Keebler elf or something. But uh, in fact, in one episode of Star Trek, Captain Kirk calls him. An elf with her hyperactive thyroid, which may have been a, a, a dig at that uh, that first reaction he had to the first pair of pointed ears. It's so funny. there were other doubts too. Uh, could Gene Roddenberry convince NBC to keep Mister Spock in the series? There exists a very rare booklet that NBC did on Star Trek, and in the booklet, NBC airbrushed out Spock's eyebrows and made his ears. Non-pointed, and when Roddenberry saw this, he was aghast, and he was told that there was some pressure, some fear. Um, how would um, how would fundamentalists take this character who had a satanic uh, appearance? And um, immediately, there was pressure to take Mister Spock out of the continuity. Oh, I never knew that. That's interesting. Another question was: Would his character survive at all? And and would he survive to become a beloved individual rather than a curiosity? That's what Leonard hoped to make him, a beloved individual. And my favorite story is the Vulcan greeting with the middle finger spread apart uh, that Spock used to do. And where that well, came from. You know what that is because you're Jewish too. Yes. Uh, in the in the in the conversation, hide it. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's been trying to pass oh, yeah. all these years. <laughs> Go ahead. In, in the in the uh, in in the high holiday holiday service, the uh, the priest, the Kohanim, left the congregation, and they do with each hand what Spock did as the Vulcan greeting. 
And that is where it came from. And I think one person recognized it when, when, uh, when they were acting on the show. Celie uh, Lefsky, who was the pal, the high priestess in the episode of Muck Time, saw a letter doing this sign and said, oh, oh, of course I can do that. You know, I've seen it for years in shul, you know. it's <laughs> <laughs> great. We should, we should talk to Bill with a couple of things. Uh, Alan, uh, Ken Berry was on the show. You might know this since you know so much about uh, Leonard. But uh, Ken, uh, he was Ken Berry's CO in the Army Special Services. <laughs> Did you know that? No, we no, had, I didn't. We had Ken Berry on the show, and he gave credit to Leonard for uh, really helping his career, putting, uh, putting him on stage, encouraging him, mm-hmm. which is fun trivia. And he was a yeah, rena- yeah. he was a Renaissance man. I mean, people know Spock, and they uh, some people know Paris on Mission Impossible, and uh, you know he he did photography. I mean, he was a director. Uh, he wrote poetry. He wrote poetry. He recorded those wonderfully kitschy records. Oh yes, in the sixties, uh, which he came to have a he sense of humor about. Even did what you guys are doing. He he was a radio host for a while. That's right. And then in search of <laughs> yeah and, uh, yeah, yeah and that's he. TV, but. He also had a radio show and uh, was a voiceover artist. Yeah. Yeah, he did everything. And like a lot of actors, like Fred Gwynn as Herman Munster and all these other actors, they they get embarrassed by what they're most beloved for. And I think he wrote a book called I'm Not Spock. Yes, and then years later, he wrote another book called I Am, I am Spock. Spock. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Because by that time, he could come to terms with his uh, with his uh, status as as a super icon, and he realized that this was his immortality right there. Yeah, there was there was so much to to, to admire about him. You know, uh, I worked on the on a show at uh, CNN, uh, the Joy Behar show, a couple of years ago, Alan, and we had the the pleasure of having uh, Leonard on as a guest, and he told a great story about driving a cab when he was a young, struggling. I don't even know if he was an actor. He was driving a cab in Boston, and he picked up a young senator, John Kennedy. Oh, wow. In his cab, and he told a great story about it. He was such a wonderful interview. He was good in comedy, too. I mean, he was wonderful in that Simpsons episode. Oh, very funny. Uh, you know, in the beginning, Roddenberry was very reluctant to put comedy into Star Trek. Um, he wanted it to be a show for adults, and he was worried about crossing that fine line into into parody and and satire, and, and, and therefore finally farce, which is what he never wanted to do. It took one of the best directors in Star Trek, Joseph Pevney, to change his mind. Pevney directed, to give you an idea of Pevney's versatility as a director, he directed Man of a Thousand Faces, but don't hold that against him. Uh-huh. He, he directed The Trouble with Tribbles, which is the funniest episode. Sure. And and he also directed City on the Edge of Forever, which is potentially the most serious episode. And uh, it was Pevney who said, you know, this man, you have a man here, Leonard, who has a wonderful comedy timing. Let him use it. And uh, it, it, he, he used the comedy timing to make, make it clear that Spock was an outsider, but that he was also very conversant with Earth and its customs and... Uh, sometimes he used Kirk as a straight man in his jokes. Yeah, I found him to be a funny guy when we had him on the show. Very, There was such reverence for him when he came on, and, and, uh, you know, he's a a serious actor, and he's Mr. Spock, and he he really played against that. And and Nimoy on Star Trek, 
sometimes would say these lines that was so obviously like like an insult to earthlings or what was going on. It was always very funny, and he played it straight. Now, 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 Nimoy in his his last years like really embraced the whole Jewish heritage part. He always did, um, but he never made a really big deal out of it until he had the clout to be listened to. And um, he he was, I think, instrumental in reawakening William Shatner's uh, heritage as a Jew. And uh, and he uh, uh, toward the end of his life, he actually did a very very enjoyable and funny special about Hanukkah. In, in which <laughs> I didn't he, know that. <laughs> yeah, and he made it clear that uh, that the Jews have been persecuted for centuries, but that doesn't diminish their sense of humor any. And and there were some there were some jokes basically. And, and uh, oh. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, he also. I, I want to say too. We're talking about him as a director. People forget he directed Three Men and a Baby. Oh yes. But also one. I think one of the best Star Trek movies, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Yes. And he put a lot of jokes in there. For yeah, himself. yeah. There's a lot of this, the the guy the the Vulcan uh, the Vulcan pinch on the guy who's playing the loud boombox. Oh yeah, uh, yes. On the bus, there's yes. a lot of laughs in that one. Yes, yes. The guy who's playing the boombox was actually the uh, the assistant of somebody working on the movie. And they turned to Leonard turned to him one day and said, "You're going to be the guy I do the nerve pinch on." on yeah. the bus. His name was Kirk Thatcher. I know this because he worked for Henson, and we have a uh-huh. mutual, we have a mutual friend. What well, an honor good. to get the Vulcan pinch! Yeah, from right, Mister. Absolutely, and we should too. We should mention that that uh, Shatner has a book coming out uh, this year from St. Martin's Press called "Leonard: A Fifty Year Friendship." So oh. that uh, so look look for that. Okay, so uh, we could talk to you for a few hours, obviously, because that's what our phone calls are like. But uh, I, I, I should wrap it up to get to some other dead people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tactful. Late, so, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking to writer and a friend of mine, Alan Asherman. Alan, thanks for coming on and telling us some stuff about uh, the great Leonard Nimoy. Again, thanks for having me, and uh, and do call me back soon. We will talk to you again. No, thank you. I don't. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, on Twitter at Real Gilbert ACP, and on Instagram, Gilbert Pod. P-O-D-F-R-I-E-D. You see, it's kind of a pun on the last name. Ah, never mind. So now we're continuing with our In Memoriam, which is always uh, with, with Frank and I. This is both of our favorite segments of any award show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I don't know what I don't know the reason for it, but it, it, you know, it's part of our show. It's become part. We 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 do talk about people that we've lost, and we we some that we lost. When we were about to interview them. Oh yes, Jack Carter, the yeah. great Jack Carter, yep. comedian, uh, agreed to do our show back and, in the summer. Yeah, yeah, and and I was thrilled. 
to be uh, speaking to Jack Carter. He had turned into an old curmudgeon. Well, I don't think he turned into I think he was a curmudgeon. He from, was a from, curmudgeon when he was 15. From Go. Yeah. yeah. He was, in fact, I, I remember a story uh, that at Milton Berle's funeral, uh-huh. uh, Buddy Hackett was talking to um, Nancy Sinatra. Okay. And, and Buddy Hackett said to Nancy Sinatra, I hope next year we can meet under happier circumstances like Jack Carter's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, uh, he, he did not pull punches yeah. or suffer fools, Jack Carter. In fact, Cliff Nesterhoff, the, the, the showbiz historian who does wonderful stuff, Look on his, uh, K-L-I-P-H is how you spell Cliff's first name, and uh, he's got a, some stuff on his website called Shit Jack Carter Says. Oh, yes. Which I sent you. Uh, hysterical. Which is hysterical and wonderful, because Cliff got to interview Jack in his later years, and, and uh, he, he, left, uh, <laughs> he left no stone unturned. And Jack just, didn't give a shit no. about hurting or insulting anybody. You know, he, were, he was boy, a local boy, Brighton Beach. Jack uh, Chakran, yes, or Chakran, and I mean the stuff he did. I mean he was on Broadway and Call Me Mister and and Mister Wonderful and Top Banana, and he worked with there. He worked with Ed Wynn and Jimmy Durante and and Martin and Lewis. I mean he'd been around, and he was one of those guys back in the old days with those guys like like Jerry Lewis and Milton Berle, who did a little of everything. Yes. They were not only comedians, yes. they sang, they danced, oh, they yeah. acted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but his acting credits, I mean, Diagnosis Murder, Rockford Files, Touched by an Angel, Emergency, Fame, Fantasy Island, Seventh Heaven, Baywatch, Third Rock from the Sun, Coach, Desperate Housewives. He, he worked constantly. And we weren't in the same episode, but we were both in the very, very popular, successful series, The Watcher. She has the first time you think you've even brought that up. <laughs> The Watcher. Yes. All right. I'm going to ask you about that after yeah. we're off. He also uh, was very close to Sid Caesar and delivered the eulogy at Caesar's oh, funeral, yeah. which I found out. So that was a real loss. So we, we, I remember standing in front of the Friars Club with you, and you kept saying, uh, uh, get Jack Carter. Get Carter. Yeah. Yes. You kept saying, uh, get him quick. Yeah. Get him quick. <laughs> we were standing in front of the Friars in the rain. Dara was calling an Uber. And I think he passed like six or seven days later. So and, that was a bad break. And then he was like booked for a month later. And I said, not a month later. That's right. Get him now. That's right. So that was a... So the great Jack Carter. Yeah, that one That one hurt. And, and de- definitely find shit, shit Jack Carter says on Cliff's side. It's, it's gold. And I should definitely tell the audience, you know, whenever there's these in memoriams, there's usually an outrage afterwards because so many talented, great people are left out. Oh, so yeah. We, we're going to be the same. Yeah, we're going to leave out oh, you loads know, of people. I tried. I mean, I went on the Hollywood <clears throat> Reporter site, and I, there's, a, there's a, a list, a long list of 117, 118 people, and I was scribbling names down, trying to write writers down. We can't possibly get, no. get to everyone. So. so we'll leave out some great stars, we'll leave, I guarantee. We'll, we'll leave out some great people. Um, Let's talk now, about Gary Owens. Oh, oh! before Gary Owens. Oh, I know where you want to go. This is really important. I know where you want to go. A few, a few weeks ago, uh, we interviewed Mr. Skin. Yes, Jim McBride. Because uh, I don't want to brag, but I pride myself 
on watching naked actresses in movies and jerking off. Go ahead and brag. Yes. I, I figure I'm quite the aficionado. I, I think of myself as one of those yacht racers who takes... <laughs> When it comes to jerking off uh-huh. to seeing a naked actress. And one person we brought up, Mr. Skin had mentioned he loved the old Italian sex comedies. Yep. And one film I brought up was Secret Fantasy with the very sexy Laura Antonelli. Yeah. And and she passed away this In year. In June, I believe. And when we were talking to Mr. Skin, I didn't even realize she had passed or I would have mentioned it. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, she did a lot of stuff. And she had a big career in Italy. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, just also, just one of those old-time uh, Italian actresses who is just totally like what, how... Um, Ed Norton would describe as va va yeah. <laughs> Very good. He worked the honeymooners yes. into a Laura Antonelli tribute. Um, yes, yes, indeed. So uh, the very sexy Laura Antonelli. She was not that old either. Yeah. She passed in June. Um, so Mr. Owens, yes. we had George Slaughter on the show. We haven't run that episode He was yet. the announcer yep. on Ronan Martin's Laughing. From beautiful downtown Burbank. Yeah, another he, guy who was on our list. Yeah. And we really, that, and I'm kicking myself about that one because oh. my, my wife says to me now, she says, look, look up these people's age, call them and yes. start ranking them by age. And Gary wasn't that old. I think he was in his early 80s. Uh, God, he would have been wonderful to, for us. Look, to us. <laughs> only, only the two of us would would say he's not that old. He's in his early eighties. Well, relatively speaking, he's a kid. I mean, Olivia, <laughs> Olivia De Havilland's still hanging around. She's one hundred and seventy. <laughs> yeah, I'm kicking myself for this one. Ed. Oh, there's a bunch I'm kicking yeah. myself. For. Yeah, but he was a gifted comic and and uh, another guy who did everything. Uh, you know, he, had, he, he did radio shows, he did characters, he was a comic, uh, beautiful downtown Burbank. Of course, most people would know him from Laugh, and I mean, he, he did theme park voiceovers, he did television commercials, and he was hired on Laughing yeah. through an accidental meeting with George Schlatter in a men's room. Uh, <laughs> and he really... I think Perfecto Tellies. Perfecto Tellies, another guy we didn't get. Yeah. Um, I, I, you remember Roger Ramjet? Oh yeah, we're yeah. Roger Ramjet and his eagles fighting for our freedom. We fly with him through outer space, not to help him, but to feed him. Roger, Roger Ramjet, Ramjet, he's, he's our, our man, man, hero of our nation. For more adventures, make sure to stay, stay tuned, tuned to, to this station. station. That's that was the Roger Ramjet <laughs> was Gary Owens. He was also the face of the voice of Space Ghost. Oh my God! He did all kinds of stuff. He he hosted radio shows all over the place. He created characters like Earl C. Festoon and Endocrine Stern Swallow. And he was uh, and he worked with uh, June Foray and Dawes Butler and the great Paul Fries. Oh, the great and, voiceover people. Yeah, and Mel Blanc. And he was a screenwriter for J. Ward Productions. Did wow. You, did you know that? And uh, gosh. And yeah. And on Some, laughing, he always held his hand over his ear like the old time hammy radio announcers. Yeah, and yeah. it was so funny. Yeah. He did 30,000 commercials. Wow. Yeah. 
and I just wished we had gotten And him. I can't hold on to one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people we missed out on, yes. and uh, uh, I guess we should really get to the something near and dear to your heart, Christopher Lee. Ah, uh, yeah. wonderful Christopher Old Lee. Old horror actors. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, Christopher Lee uh, passed away, and he... He played Frankenstein, the Frankenstein monster, Dracula, and the mummy. Yep. Still, he hasn't lived up to my boy Lon Chaney Jr., (laughs) who was Frankenstein, the mummy, Dracula, and the wolfman. Yeah, and tell your interesting story about Christopher Lee, about the uh, the stabbing, the the stabbing story, because this is so interesting. recording. I heard someone was recording this when they were because uh, Christopher Lee was in the army. Yeah, yeah, he was nearly killed in, in 1943 when he tripped over a live bomb. Oh yeah, yeah. And and according to this, and uh, they they have it. They're uh, they're directing some actor has to be stabbed in a movie, and he does a sound of someone being stabbed. And Christopher Lee, very quietly, goes up to him and very knowledgeably goes, "Uh, no, no, Uh, when a person is stabbed, it's the sound of air being released. So it should be more of a uh, sound than a person. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, Christopher Lee obviously stabbed someone. Yes, or was very present yes, at the stabbing during of someone. stabbings. He, he was apparently reluctant to talk about his war experience, but he, he was involved with special forces that hunted down Nazis. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, see, yeah, he was, he was involved in that. And I heard, too, that he was among the troops uh, in the liberation of the concentration yeah, true. camps. And Christopher Lee said, "He ha- now because of all that, he has no trouble with horror films because he's seen real life horror." Right, right. And uh, here's some good trivia for you. Do you know who his step cousin was? Uh oh, Ian Fleming. Oh my God! Isn't that interesting? And, and he's in a Bond movie. Yeah, he was like Scotchamacho, oh, Scaramango, Scaramango, <laughs> Scotchy, Scotchy Muchy, Snooky Lanson. <laughs> he was the man with three nipples. Oh yes, long before Krusty the Clown in the Man with a Golden Gun. Yes, yeah, he's great. In that film. And, so, you know, people know the horror films, but he did a lot. He's great in The Wicker Man, which I've oh, talked about yes. on the show. He's creepy oh, in The yeah. Wicker Man. And he does like a little weird, scary dance in The Wicker Man. Yeah, and he's wearing he's high-top hot. sneakers, and he's got long hair, and he's yeah. just disturbing. Um, he was friends with, uh, I mentioned this to you, he went to prep school with Patrick McNee. Oh, my God. Steed of the, John Steed of the Avengers. Yes. Who also passed this year. So oh, it's interesting wow. they died. They, they were close friends for life, and they died in the same year. And I heard Christopher Lee loved imitating cartoon characters. I never knew that. And he would, like, toward the end of uh, – when he would – he was friends with Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm, sure. Because they both worked together all the time. Right. And he would call up Peter Cushing and go, like, fluffering fuck at this. <laughs> Never heard that. <laughs> he would do all these cartoon characters, and Peter Cushing would laugh. That's wonderful. 
uh, he he turns up in things like Billy Wilder's Private, Li- Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. He's in Sp- he's funny in Spielberg's 1941. Oh yes, another movie I've talked about. Uh, Richard Lester's Three Musketeers. You can see him in. He's in the band. He's on the band on the run album cover. Oh, that's right. With James Coburn. Yes. Yes, the Paul McCartney album, which is fun, and. Um, we also have to mention his wonder. We've talked about it with Alan Zweibel and Lorraine Newman. And that was his wonderful appearance as oh, Mr. Death yes. on Saturday Night Live. With Lorraine Newman, where yeah. he plays Death. Yeah. And those, those episodes, uh, the entire run of, of the original SNL is available. So find that episode. I remember him introducing Meatloaf was the musical guest. Oh, wow. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, meat loaf. <laughs> like it's first and last yes. name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he was wonderful, and uh, it, it would have been great. I mean, when we started the podcast, he was already 91, and oh, yeah. who, who knows if he was giving interviews at that point. But, uh, uh, boy, what a great. Uh, where do you want to go now? Oh. oh, another one that I actually took part in, in a documentary about, who I wish to God we would have had on a podcast, and that's Theodore Bakel. Theodore Bakel. L- and lived to a ripe old age. Yeah, Theodore yeah. Bakel. I was, I forget the name of the podcast, maybe, I mean, the name, it, the documentary I meant. Yeah. I, I forget the name of the documentary. What? Was it When Jews Were Funny? When, it could have been. Oh, something, no, we'll, I don't know. we'll look it up. Look it up. Uh yeah, Theodore Brickell was one of those people. I mean, what a he! Yeah, he was like the Jewish Burl lives. That's <laughs> funny. He he acted and sang. Yep, and yeah, he was, was a folky. Yeah, he yeah. was known as a great folk singer. I think he sp- he was one of these people who spoke like a hundred different languages. Yeah. Christopher Lee spoke five, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was in movies. He co-starred with Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn in The African, African Queen. Queen. Yeah. He co-starred with Tony Curtis, Sidney Poitier, and once again, Lon Chaney Jr. in oh. The Defiant Oh, The Defiant Ones. Ones. Yeah, I like that film. Yeah, he's been in... Billions of films. He was a writer, a yeah. singer. And the greatest and, Tevye. Oh, uh, yes. They say. Yes. Although Zero Mostel supposedly did a wonderful Tevye. Oh, I've heard yeah. people say that Theodore Bikel. I, I don't know if this is true because I didn't see them. Yeah. But, I, I would have loved. I wish there would have been film clips of both of them yeah. as Tevye. I'm sure both were great. Yeah. He would have been great, too. Yeah. But again, and he lived to 2015. I mean, and he's in, you know, he's in these movies in the... A long time ago. He's in these old, crackly, black and white movies. I used to see him pop up on, like, Ed Sullivan and shows like that with his guitar singing folk songs. Yep, yep, yep. And Owen, he popped up in another movie, and this is one I think I'll be recommending soon, and that's I uh, I want to live. Oh, Susan Hayward. Yes. Movie. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, he pops up as a psychiatrist. That's right. I think Robert Wise made that movie. Yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, he was in everything. Yeah. And t- in a lot of television, you know, versatile. Yeah. So so that one, I'm I'm kicking myself that I I mean I don't know if while the podcast was on if he'd be he was well enough. 
to do an interview. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's you know, I, people ask me about booking guests all the time. I mean, you can't get to everybody. No. I mean, there's so no. there's so many people on our list, and some people are easier to reach than other people. Yeah. And, uh, and some people have hit their late 80s or 90s yeah. and they don't have an agent anymore or a publicist oh, anymore yes. because they're retired and it's extra hard to find oh, them. Oh, yeah. We've been trying to find Jules Bass of Rankin Bass. The great um, renaissance man, I guess, uh, Theodore Bacall. Yeah. Actor, singer, writer. And he's one of those who his he and his family were lucky enough to have fled Europe Mm-hmm. When and he, uh, that's the name of the doc. Oh yeah, in the sh- is it in the shoes of is that the name of it? Oh wait, is that the name of the Theodore Bikel doc that the, you that you uh, think in the shoes of uh, Shalom Aleichem? Is that yeah, the one? I think it might be. That's we the were one. Talking nineteen. It, uh, yeah. John Lawless. Yeah. Uh, oh, John, John Lawless from Up All Night. Yes. No yes. kidding. I remember he, him. He originally directed me on Up All Night. I remember I worked for him. Yes. Yeah, I wrote a USA, a USA yeah. TV show for him. So look up that one. Narrated uh, by Alan Alda, it says oh, here. Oh, wow. Yeah, it came out in 2014. We we have to get Alan Alda on this show. Not that I mean he's going to die soon. No, he'd be great. He'd be terrific. He'd be great, working but, working on it. But yeah, the, so so yeah, look for that documentary. John Lawless is the director. Did he direct this? I think it was in the yes. shoes of Sheryl. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and and you should learn about Sheryl. Uh, well, you should learn about Sheryl Malehem, but you should learn about Theodore Bagel. Loved him. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about Wes Craven? Oh, another horror maven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Died too young. Yeah, great horror. How old was? Uh, I have to look. That maybe Derek can look that up. I think he was maybe in his late sixties or, or early seventies. He wasn't. Uh, uh, he'd been sick for a while. An interesting man who taught English. Oh, wow. You know, he was a teacher. He had a master's in philosophy. He was a nature lover. He was a bird conservationist. I mean, people don't know these things. Oh, they think my... about Wes Craven. As... And you, you think of him as just demons, monsters, and people having their throat cut off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, here's an, an interesting thing about Wes Craven is that when he started his career, he made some porn films under, <laughs> under pseudonyms. Did you know this? No. When I was in SVA, I was a film student at the School yes. of Visual Arts, and one of, our, one of my teachers showed us a movie. I don't know why he was showing it to the class. Called, I think it was called Fireworks Woman, and yeah. it was directed by a guy named Abe Snake. <laughs> Which is the perfect porn name. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a weird tribute to, yeah. to, to the great Wes Craven, but it, it just, it, in a way, it shows his versatility or the, or the strange journey that he took. Um, and he had a sense of humor about it. Um, but uh, he directed some of these films under, under pseudonyms. Uh, in doing my research, he got an early break from Harry Chapin's brother, Tom Chapin. Oh, wow. Which I found interesting. Catch in the Cradle. Yes. Yeah. He's, now, we, here's a weird movie we have to track down. This may be, and now Wes Craven uh, experts are going to write me and tell me how wrong I am about this, but he was an editor on a film, and I love this title, called You've Got to Walk It Like You Talk It or You Lose That Beat. <laughs> <laughs> and in that movie were Richard Pryor. The character actor Alan Garfield. Oh my God! Who's yes. still around, by the way? Uh, you, you you know something funny? Um, oh God, was it Michael Lerner, the other actor? Michael the, Lerner, the big heavy guy that yeah, was in yes, Barton Fink. Yes. Yeah, I remember 
When I auditioned for the part of basically the Jew behind the desk in Beverly Hills Cop 2 with <laughs> right, Eddie Murphy, right. I remember thinking, they're not going to give this to me. It's either going to it's going to be up between Alan Garfield and Michael Lerner. Oh, but, but were they yeah. even auditioning? Or you just pulled their names no, out? No, I just saw them right. as like the two Jews. Alan, <laughs> Alan Garfield did a lot and then changed his name to Alan Gorwitz. Yeah. I think he I, went back to his real yeah, name. Yeah, that was his real name and Alan Garfield was. Yeah. I, oh, also in a movie I recommended on the show, the conversation with Gene Hackman. Yes, Alan Garfield is in he that. He is indeed as a as a really sleazy. He is indeed. Uh, we can do a future episode about the the uh, the films of Alan Garfield. He was usually sleazy. Yeah, everything. yeah, yeah. Um, but in that movie, and how uh, you got to walk it like you talk it, or you lose that beat, was also uh, uh, Richard Pryor and Robert Downey Sr. Oh my God! So that sounds like a real relic. Wow. Um, you know, uh, we should have our friend Mike McPadden, who's a horror expert, uh, write, write something about uh, Wes Craven. Um, I like Serpent and the Rainbow. I like Shocker. Have you seen these films? Oh, some. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're underrated. Swamp yeah. Thing. Shocker was very similar to um, uh, 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 Elm Street, uh, Nightmare on right. Elm Street. Right, Because it was also like, like a murderer who wouldn't yes. die. Yes. And... Wasn't there a Karloff picture like that? The man they could not hang? Was there somebody uh, yes. who kept coming back from the dead? Yes. Yeah. Um, he also directed Meryl Streep to an Oscar nomination in a film called Music of the Heart. And I, and I, I, I love this quote. He said, uh, to be able to make films for 40 years is remarkable. If I have to do the rest of, the, of my films in the horror genre, I have no problem with that. If I'm going to be a cage bird... I'll sing the best song I can. Wow. Which I was, which I was, I was touched by. Because so many people are, and like, like I said, with uh, Leonard Nimoy was like that. He at first hated Spock. Right. You know, but these, someone like this who accepts it and goes, you know, people love what I'm doing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, we could talk in a future show about people who kind of get pigeonholed. Oh, yeah. In, into a career. So um, that's the the great Wes Craven. Yeah, somebody else who would have been good for us, and he was apparently close friends with Alice Cooper, and who we oh, need to wow. get. Oh, we got to get him. Yeah, and and Alice Cooper was friends with Groucho Marx. That's right. Yep, <clears throat> strangest friendship. Supposedly, ever. and I don't know. Yeah. We asked Steve Stolier about this. Supposedly, Groucho uh, uh, went to an Alice. Groucho and Mae West went to an Alice Cooper concert. Uh, yes, I had heard that. Trying story. to get that verified. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, we'll go down a long yeah. list at the end. Um, well, let's do it now. These are just some names of, of some other people we lost and other people that were on our original uh, booking list. Uh, Maureen O'Hara passed oh, from yes. The Quiet Man and Miracle on 34th Street. She lived yeah. a long time. How old was well she? Well into her 90s. Died. Wow. Uh, we lost Omar Sharif yeah. this year. Who, who, who played a Jew. <laughs> uh, did he? He was Arabic. But played a Jew in Funny Girl. That's right. Where he was that real life gangster, like Arnie uh, something. Yeah, Nikki. Nikki. Was it Nikki Arnt? Nikki uh, Arnt. Do I have the right name? N- Nikki Arnstein or uh, something. I'll have, it was some, I'll have to check. He, Nikki somebody. Because Fanny Bryce uh, was in love, right. with this real life gangster, a right. Jewish gangster, and uh, that that song. But you know. You know, he, you know, he doesn't a lot, 
Tennyson, but I love him. Oh, I'm trying to yes, think. Yes, I love him. Yeah, two Dara just three, said she loves oh, that song. Two or three girls has he that he loves as much as me, but I, I love him. And everyone was familiar that she had had this affair with this gangster who broke her heart. And they say, like, grown men watching Fanny Bryce sing that song would break down crying. Really? That's good trivia. That's good stuff. He was also an expert bridge player, Omar Sharif. And he had a a bridge column. Oh, I remembered uh, an Omar Sharif story. Okay, lay it on me. Okay. He was supposed to go out with this girl, you know, because he was, you know, let's face it, a pussy hound. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he was. He was going to go over... To, to have sex with this one girl. She kind of stood him up or whatever. And so because he wasn't going to be having sex with her, he went down to the gambling tables and he won a fortune. And, and he then filled this girl's room. He had like about a thousand bouquets of flowers uh, filling this girl's room with the note <laughs> that said, thank you for canceling. You would have been the most expensive fuck I ever had. Wow. <laughs> Where did you hear that story? He, he had told it in an interview. <laughs> Some of these are the strangest Hollywood tributes you will hear to the deceased. The great Omar Sharif, and, and wonderful in Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, yes. Um, and, and Zhivago, Dr. Zhivago, of course. Dean Jones passed this year, the, the Disney star. And, yeah, who was always like, it, it's funny with Dean Jones, because he started out as the typical Disney, yep. like the goofy, innocent uh, character, like like the boyfriend or father, always like a goofy, innocent guy. And then in one movie, uh, it was like like made in the style of a Disney film. He played he, he perp- they purposely cast him as the villain. Really? Yeah. I have to look I, that up. I wonder which one that is. He's in. Uh, well, he's, in the, he's in all the Love Bug stuff, yeah. and he's yeah. He's playing like an evil character with a gravelly voice, and it's. You could tell he's having the time of his life. Got to look that up. He was a born-again Christian who suffered from depression his whole life. Interesting man. Rod, Ty- uh, Rod Taylor passed away. Oh, wow. From the birds. From time machine. And the time machine. Great uh, movie. Yep, and a terrific actor who didn't work a lot late, late in life. He was one of those guys who wa- uh, walked away a little bit. Oh. Robert Loggia, the character actor. Robert Loggia. We lost a few weeks ago. Okay, Robert Loggia. I mean, I... I, I I wish I had could have met I met Robert Loggia once, but it was already at at toward the end of his life. Mm-hmm. So he looked like he was obviously slipping, and he wasn't that you know Robert Loggia, yeah, yeah. you know, in these movies like Scarface sure. and everything. Sure, so, and I have to say, he was a great tough guy. Pritzy's, to, Pritzy's honor, uh, Robert Lo about Robert Loggia. Why he stands out in my mind. I remember my mother 
was a fan of Robert Loggia. Really? Yeah. You never told me that. Yeah. So, so he he stands uh, special. Actor. Why would your mother be a fan of Robert Loggia? She I just... don't know. I mean, <laughs> she just thought he was a, a terrific actor. I love that. And um, he was in that that show T H E Cat. Was it? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. terrific guy. Yeah, SOB, Blake Edwards, SOB, a local boy from Staten Island. Yeah. Robert Loggia. Uh, we lost Donna Douglas this year, Ellie Mae, the beautiful Ellie oh, Mae Clampett. Yes. And we had Max Baer on. Yeah. And to go back to that episode, he said so many nice things about her. Dick Van Patten. Oh, yes. From Eight is Enough and When Things Were Rotten. Oh, yes. Mel Brooks. He, he, was, he, was, he was pals with Mel Brooks. He pops yep. up in a couple of Mel Brooks films. Yep. Oh, he's in Anxiety. Oh, yes. Yeah, a funny guy. Uh, local, another local boy from Queens. Uh, this one we were really kicking ourselves about at the time, and that was Alex Rocco. Yes. Um, who we lost from the famous Teddy Z yeah. and the Simpsons. And, and oh, and, and of course, friends of most Eddie Coyle. importantly, yes. The Godfather. And of course, he was Mo Green yeah. in The he Godfather. He got shot in the eye. Yep. In, uh, <laughs> and there isn't the even a plaque or a monument. Yes. Um, and I, I didn't get angry. I knew <clears throat> that he was hot-headed. <laughs> But this is the business we have chosen. Thank you, Hyman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was great. I understand yeah. through, through, through some people who, know, who worked on The Simpsons who told me he was a great storyteller and uh, would have been wonderful for us. I had such affection for him as an actor. Uh, he was in the George Carlin show that Sam Simon created for Fox. I liked everything he did. And, and one great story he told... That I'll try to describe it. It will not work, and we might have to cut it out. It's okay. Uh, he, <laughs> when uh, Francis Ford Coppola wanted him to be in The Godfather, uh, he he said, well, I, uh, he, he had reservations, uh, Alex Rocco, because he said, uh, I, see, I'm Italian. I don't know if I could play a Jew. And and he and and Francis Ford Coppola said to him, he goes, it's simple, and and Francis Ford Coppola put like his fingers and thumb together and waved the back of his hands forward <laughs> and said, this is Italian, and then he put his hands down a little to show the palms of his hands and waved them forward a little and said, this is true. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think people could picture that. We'll, we'll have you do that for the yes. website. We'll okay. videotape it. You know, interesting, because Khan was a Jewish guy playing Italian. Yes. In the movie, Alex Rocco was an Italian guy playing Jewish. Probably a lot more crossover. Oh, yes. Um, look up a show that he did with John Cryer called The Famous Teddy Z. Uh, which is wonderful. He, he he just he turned up in everything. He had a long career. Uh, while we're talking about character actors, James Best uh, yeah. from the Dukes of Hazard and yeah. many other things. He, he was, I guess, his most famous recurring line in Dukes of Hazard was <laughs> he would get flustered and start going <laughs> and yeah, he was like the 
deputy to uh, Sorrel right. Book. Boss Hogg. Boss Hogg. Yeah, and he turns up in an old, a wonderful Andy Griffith uh, uh, show. Um, I, I think he was in a Twilight probably Zone. Probably was in the yeah. Twilight Zone. You know, I don't have all the IMDb pages here, but the, these were guys that worked for a long time. Joffrey Lewis oh, or Jeffrey but, Lewis. But I have, to, I have to say with James Best, yeah. what stands out best in my mind. And this was... I always laugh when an actor gets saddled with doing the exposition. Oh, yeah, we've talked and, about or it. Or giving information. There was this Jerry Lewis movie, which was not one of Jerry Lewis's classics, called Three on a Couch. Sure, I know it. And he plays Jerry Lewis's friend, and his whole thing there is to start trying to make it sound conversational, and he'd go... Now, whatever his name was, Jerome. Now, now, Jerome, in college, you did a lot of voices. Now, your wife has three patients. She's a psychiatrist, the top psychiatrist in the country. Now, why don't you, it would be funny if you did uh, voices as each one of these <laughs> patients and you went to her because you want her to come with you to France to accept the Medal of Honor. And she can. Because she <laughs> the poor guy, yeah, a little stilted. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of you kind of feel for him. It's like that example you gave of Goodman in uh, the Bobby Darren movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bad where, exposition. Where uh, where Kevin Spacey as uh, as um, as Bobby, Bobby Darren. Darren says, "I haven't achieved anything," and Alan Goodman goes, "What are you crazy? You've won." 12 Emmys, you've won 15 Grammys, you've won uh, 20 gold records. Oh, uh, great. So, so yeah. You've got so many stories about all the people on this list. Jeffrey Lewis, I wanted to mention. I'm not sure if it was Jeffrey or Joffrey Lewis. The cool or not? No, no, that's nope. Jeffrey Holden. Oh, I think we lost Jeffrey him a while Holden. Back. Jeffrey Lewis. Because we lost him. Like, I think we lost him a while back. Yeah. Was, this was an actor in all the Eastwood movies, the father of the actress Juliette Lewis. Yes. You recognize him as soon as you look him up. Yeah, he's one of those actors, just you got to see the face, and yeah. you go, I've seen him in everything. Did a million things. Uh, Richard Dysart we lost from, uh, from uh, being, uh, yeah. being there, <clears throat> and many other things. Uh, Louis Jordan. Oh, yes. Passed away. Uh, Anita Ekberg. I mean, uh, this, I got a long list here, which you're trying to, trying to mention everybody. Melody Patterson from F Troop, Wrangler Jane. Oh, yes. And, and we had, uh, so far we had Larry Storch. And Ken Berry. And Ken Berry. Right. And, and we missed out on her. And I think the only major name from that show that's still alive is James Hampton, who played Do- uh, Dobbs. Oh, the, my the, God. The trumpeter. Well, we so got to get him. We'll call him. <laughs> Melody Patterson, an interesting, an interesting life. Um, Ann Mira. Uh, uh, from the great Stiller and Mira. Stiller and Mira passed away um, a and, couple of weeks and, ago. And Mira was in another movie I recommended, Boys from Brazil. Correct. Did yeah. you ever work with her? Uh, she was fun. Okay. we were. I didn't work with her directly, but she was also in this movie. I saw that if you missed it, you didn't miss anything. And that was Highway to Hell. How, how, do, how do I know, not know these credits of yours? Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought I knew everything you've made. But I remember I would run into her and Jerry a lot. 
and and they they were both so just to speak to them yeah. was funny. Yeah, I've met her a couple of times at the Friars and then on on Joy's old talk show. She's another one who didn't suffer fools and just oh. loved to unfiltered said it like it was. She'd insult everybody. Loved it. Yeah, yes. she was fun. Um, real quick, I'll go down some of the rest of the names on this list. Uh, George Barris, the car, the car, car customizer, who designed the Batmobile and the and the uh, and the, see, see the there, monsters car. There, there. Once again, I was about to get mixed up and go. Well, uh, the Gong Show didn't. No, he's, <laughs> he's around. around. He's a rec- <laughs> Chuck Barris is a recluse, but he's still around. Uh, Patrick yep. McNee uh, from the Avengers. Yes. We, we are. We already mentioned uh, Judy Carn. Speaking of laughing. Yeah, we were just talking to uh, George Slaughter, legendary producer. Yep, we'll have him on a future show. And, yeah, and, yeah, he'll, he'll be coming up soon. And 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 I I asked him about Judy Kahn, because Judy Kahn was the perky and sexy girl on laughing. Sock it to me. Yeah. yeah. And she would dance in a bikini. Yeah, with those, with those temporary tattoos. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah that would... They would be like peace signs and everything right. from the city. And then at the end, uh, it would freeze on some funny thing. Yeah, like, she was great. Like, you bet your bippy. Right. Or oh, they would zoom in. They would do yeah, those bad 60 zoom zooms. And and uh, she, her career and, and her life kind of fell apart, like through yeah. drugs and alcohol. Yeah. But Paul Schaefer and uh, Tom Leopold have a great uh Judy Karn story that I won't tell here because it takes too long. We have to move it along, but we'll have Paul or Tom come back okay. and tell that story. Um, I liked her in a show called, you remember a show called Love on a Rooftop? With, yes. With the late Peter Duell? Yes. Who committed suicide? And I think Nipsey Russell was in it. Don't P- quote me. Peter Duell from um, 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 that, that show that was a ripoff of. Uh, oh, it was a Butch, Butch Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah, Alias Smith and Jones. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, who else do I want to bring up? Here's some writers. I mean, Melissa Matheson, uh, who wrote E.T. and The Black Stallion. And Stuart Stern, who wrote Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, Brian Clemens, the Brit who created The Avengers and wrote many other uh, wonderful things. You pitched uh, um, Save the Tiger on the show recently. Uh, yes. And Steve Shagan passed away, uh, the writer of Save the Tiger. Wrote a wonderful movie called Primal Fear, too, with Richard Gere that I suggest yeah, people. Yeah, and, and I had recommended uh, Save the Tiger. Oh, you saved the Tiger. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. Jack Clement. And uh, while we're talking about writers, uh, Sam Simon uh, from The Simpsons and, oh, and, and Taxi. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, which is a, a very sad story, but uh, uplifting in a way that he passed away and uh, le- left the, the, the bulk of his fortune to uh, charity, to animal charity. Oh, so, wow. Um, became a philanthropist. Stan Freeberg, we should mention, because oh. we talked about him with Weird Al. Yes. You know, the great Stan Freeberg. He would create these funny... Rec- well, first of all, a great voiceover guy. Yeah, another Renaissance man. You know, like, they used to have these brilliant voiceover guys. Now they've got so many celebrities, but they'd have these voiceover guys that only in the business, you knew... And Stan Freeberg was one of the top guys. Yeah, and he was an animator. An animator. He was a voice actor. He was a puppeteer. He was a very accomplished ad man. Um, check out Stan Freeberg presents the United States of America, which is uh, a wonderful piece of work. And, and he would do these funny comedy recordings. Oh yeah, he creates. Yeah, satirical songs, musical parodies. Another guy who worked with Mel Blanc, Bob Clampett for his Freeling, Dawes Butler. He died in uh, April. 
um, at the age of 88, he would have been wonderful for us. Another young guy. Another- 88. <laughs> A mere kid. I want to talk, and and we're yes. we're we're winding down. So oh let's. Oh my god! Um, there's so, oh, so well, many okay. so many people we could get to. Say say yours. Did I miss I somebody for you? Uh, uh, one person I wanted on the show, and we were planning on getting, and he played Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. On that classic TV show of Superman. Yeah. Jack Larson. Jack Larson. Um, who my old boss, Bill Getty from the view, uh, knew Jack very well. They were neighbors really? in Palm Springs and he called me afterward and he said, not only did you miss, uh, did you miss out by not having him on the show, but you would have loved him that he was just personally, he was a, a, a great guy and a raconteur. And that one hurt too. When that one happened, oh, he it- was on our short list. And and Jack Larson, I remember telling a story because he knew James Dean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously and, George Reeves. And oh yes, yeah. I mean the stories he could have told would have been amazing. Noel Neal is alive. Maybe we should tra- track her down. Yeah. Yeah, Lois Lane. Um, no, but Jack Larson uh, told a story because he he knew James Dean, and. And he said, because, and everyone, like, worshipped everything Dean did, like, oh, so holy and so sensitive. And he said, James Dean would walk in, one time walked into a party, and and he, there was a drum set lying on the side of the room, and he started pounding on the drums, not playing them, but just pounding really loud, making noise. And finally, some guy at the party yelled out, Hey, Jimmy, you're giving me a headache. And then he said that James Dean put his head down like he was about to cry. And and Jack Larson said, and I'm sorry, I just didn't buy it. <laughs> Where did you see that interview? He did on great. some show. Oh, he would have been and so good I for thought, us. I thought, boy, oh, boy, I would I love to talk. He to wrote him. librettos. He was a writer. He was a musician. He did this. Was, was a, he had a whole other life. Yes. Uh, apart from Superman. Speaking of superheroes, um, I have to mention Batgirl, uh, Yvonne Craig, who I got to know just a little bit. I worked for the FX network, and we had Batman on the show. This is in the early 90s. And I said, let's get Yvonne on the show because Batman, in those days, yeah. FX wasn't doing original programming. Oh, yeah. It was mostly reruns. And uh, we call, I called her up. And uh, she was great. I've mentioned this on the show before. She had such a sense of humor. She was, she was cracking me up. I mean, there was <laughs> no part of her that, that, that took herself seriously. Um, she, uh, and she worked with Elvis, you know? She had this, this interesting career. She was in Star Trek. She was in In Like Flint with James Coburn. Oh, my God, yes. She did a lot of other stuff that people didn't, uh, didn't know her uh, for, and she was an accomplished dancer. And I think on... on uh both, I think she was left out of an in memoriam. She was, yeah. she was, and I was told uh, by a mutual friend of ours that her sister was very upset uh, by that. Uh, she, I remember we had her on the show, and I, I, I made a donation to her charity, uh, which is the Susan G. Komen uh, Breast Cancer Charity. If anybody loves Yvonne and, and is, was fond of her work and wants to uh, donate, she did a lot of stuff. She did the Ghost and Mrs. Muir, McHale's Navy, and remember Land of the Giants. Oh, yes. Man from Uncle, yes. Mod Squad. She had a big career. I remember Land of the Giants. I had that model. Yeah. I used oh. to put together Show monsters. The Aurora model? Yes. God With bless your heart. With the giant snake. Bless and, your and heart. And the tiny little astronauts fighting it. 
Bless your heart. <laughs> Yvonne was great. I met her at a, at a convention, too, after that phone call. And a uh, shout-out to her sister, Meridel. Um, and somebody else that we knew personally, and that's Taylor Negron. Yes. I, I can honestly say... Well, I can honestly say... I, I can say I was in three movies with Taylor Negron. Uh, Bad Medicine. Oh, sure. There's yeah. one, one I know. Starring Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. And, and one that everybody knows, and I'm sure you have it in your film library, Funky Monkey. Oh, it comes up all the time, <laughs> Funky Monkey. I think James Lipton on yeah. Live at the Actors <laughs> yes. Studio. He's doing a Funky uh, Monkey dis- special discussed, episode. Discussed Funky Monkey. And, and we were both in The Aristocrats, of course. Right. Right. He, he did a lot of stuff. He did a lot of wonderful stuff. He studied with Lee Strasberg, which I didn't know. Um, he studied comedy with Lucille Ball, which I didn't know. I found this in doing a little research on Taylor. He said she gave him advice. When playing a drunk, speak, sl- speak very slowly and clearly and never produce a show about helicopters. That was her show business <laughs> advice to him. Now, you, you guys know Taylor from P- the, as the pizza delivery guy in Fast Times yes. at Ridgemont High, but he's in Easy Money with Rodney. He's in Young Doctors in Love. He's in Punchline. He's a villain in a Bruce... Uh, 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 not Bruce Stern. The, uh, Bruce Willis. Is it the last movie. Boy Scout? I think with Dan- so. With Damon yeah. Wayans. He's a villain in that. Yeah, he was a uh, really a super sweet guy. I, I got to know him through a mutual friend, and he was directing a one man show about Telly Savalas <laughs> <laughs> in the Village that I went to see. Uh, and and uh, you know, he just there were some people you meet and you wish you knew them better. And when he passed, I was heartbroken because we were going to have him on the show. Um, and he just had, he read, there are tributes about him that you can read. Go to exojane.com. There's a wonderful tribute written by somebody who knew him and Philadelphia Weekly. He was a very special person. And I remember being at, uh, we both were at Professor Irwin's Corey's house. And I was sitting with Taylor Negron the whole time. And, you know, me, of course, because <clears throat> Taylor was gay, I kept doing fag jokes. <laughs> Shocks the entire, me. <laughs> the entire evening, one worse than the other, just fag jokes. Yeah. And, and then Taylor, at one point, turns to me and yells, pointing his finger. He goes, Gilbert, you're a sexual bully. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. There's also a great tribute to him on the Onions um, AV Club site. And I love this thing that he used to say. He wasn't famous. He was famish. Oh. <laughs> he directed plays. He wrote plays. He wrote poetry. Uh, you could see him in Friends, Seinfeld, Fresh Prince, uh, the Ben Stiller show. He was a- another Renaissance man. And I, I just, I didn't know him well, but I, I-, I-, I liked him immediately. And uh, I'm sorry that I didn't get to know him better and that we didn't have him on the show. So, And now, who else? One, I've got one name left, and that is our only podcast guest, our only previous podcast guest to have uh, passed away. Well, oh, first of all, we should name Leslie Gore. Did we Leslie say Gore, let, yes. me get to, let me get to the last yes. couple of names on the list. Leslie Gore passed away. That one uh, bothered me personally. Leslie Sue Goldstein from Brooklyn. She would have been great for us. See, uh, that's why I would have wanted her. On yeah, show. I love Leslie Gore. <laughs> sure. Just the fact that she was a Jew, I don't care. Yeah. 
and on Batman. Yeah. She yes. was Pussycat yes. in that famous Catwoman episode. We, I think we asked Julie Newmar about her. Uh, two of the little rascals, uh, Dickie Moore and Gene Darling. Yes. Both passed away. And uh, we had Dickie on our list. That, that didn't happen either. The great composer James Horner of Titanic and Apollo 13 and Field of Dreams. Jane Meadows. Oh, my God, yes. this year. Anita Ekberg. Oh, as yes. As long as you're in your Laura Antonelli. Uh, uh, Another vavavoom. <laughs> from eight and a half. And Gene Sachs, who was married to B. Arthur. Oh, the great uh, stage uh, director. Uh, stage director and directed The Odd Couple feature. Yes. Which we, yes. can't, we can't fail to mention Gene Sachs. Um, Felix! <laughs> that's all I have. I'm sure there are many other people. There, there are, there are a, a, a lot of people we are leaving out. Yes, and so pl- feel free to write about them and, and post about oh, them. Okay. And we have yes. to get to our friend Joe. Yes. So, uh, what can you say? <laughs> <laughs> Joe was one Joe of those Franklin. people. Joe Franklin. Joe Franklin was one of those people. If you lived on the East Coast and you stayed up way too long, there was a strange reward in getting a... A, a show that if they spent two cents on it, I'd be surprised. <laughs> but he did more of them than anybody else. Yeah, the Joe Franklin show. And it was weird because he would have on <clears throat> like a lounge singer and a house painter right. and a dentist. Right. <laughs> and he would try to get them all to talk. Yes. And go, so... Uh, if if uh, if you as a singer uh, needed your house painted, uh, you could go to this man here. And <laughs> the most clumsy. <laughs> you loved him for it. When 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 Billy Crystal spoofed him as the Joe, yes. I guess it was the Joe Frankfurter show on on SNL. I mean, they had Christopher Guest playing a. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. A ventriloquist, and and uh, and uh, George Carlin was the local fire chief, <laughs> and they captured that. You know, if your house was on fire, would you call? And and they. I remember when they'd have a singer on. Uh, oh, always oh, an unknown singer. Yeah. Uh, they they play his song, but he wouldn't be singing. He'd be just sitting there uncomfortably while a song is playing, <laughs> and and the other people you could see tapping him on the leg or something, going like mouthing, "Oh, that's good." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've laughed. We, we did a great episode with Joe. I mean, I have to tell the story of how we walked into his office. Oh, I, I, I think I looked forward to that one more than any that we've done. I remember leaving work. I was working at The View, and I jumped in a cab, and we went, I went to Times Square. We walked into the office, and Gilbert says, he says, I'm a little hungry. And Joe says, <laughs> Joe says, what do you want, a chicken salad sandwich? And opens his desk drawer. <laughs> terrifying. And, and and I mean, people who are fans of these hoarders. Shows, oh God, that office! These people on hoarders are neat freaks. Yeah, yeah. compared to Joe. Frank well, we were afraid. Office. Remember, Dara's here too. We were afraid to stay in the room. Yes. And, and our engineer could. We luck. We locked out. Our engineer couldn't find an outlet. Their stuff was stacked so high. I mean, you can see pictures of it, and we took pictures like the Collier brothers. It's, yeah. Uh, they died by their one of their junk piles yeah. collapsing <laughs> yeah. on them. We were sitting, <laughs> Gilbert and I were sitting in two chairs under a tower. 
I mean, it was a yes. it was a sh- it looked like Jenga. It was a shaky tower of books and albums. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, "This shit is going to come down and kill us." I mean, it'd be a fun way to go. And we die in Joe Franklin's dead. office. Yeah. yeah. And I remember too. I started at one point to sing to uh, Joe Franklin, Georgie Jessel's song. Yeah. You know, like uh, 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 what? Oh, uh, what's the first? My mother's eyes. One bright and shining <laughs> light that taught me wrong from right. I found in my mother's eyes. And Joe Franklin did the middle talking section. Yep, that was great. Song. That, that was great. That was amazing. That was great. People should go back and listen to that episode. And, and, and also, what I remember, Joe Franklin was a bit of a braggart. Well, he was a bit of what my grandmother would call a butter and egg man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he, he told tall tales. He yeah. he discovered everybody. Right. He discovered people before he was born. Right. He discovered them. <laughs> he discovered Christ. <laughs> you know. Game is break. And and I and he talked at one point. He goes, you know, on uh, on 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 one of my shows, we had on both James Dean and Al Pacino. Yeah. And then we did the math. <laughs> And Al Pacino would have had to have been six right. when he was on that show with right. James Dean. Right. I, <laughs> I mean, but people he did interview, apparently, yeah. and I think this is legit, uh, Chaplin, John Wayne, Woody Allen, Nixon, JFK, Lennon and Yoko, Elvis, and Sinatra. I don't know oh, if these yeah. are verifiable, but I, but I, can, I believe them. <laughs> I, I think he said he interviewed them. And we have to talk about how he sued our buddy Drew Friedman. Yes, for Drew 40, Friedman, for 40 the million bucks. For doing the comic strip, The Incredible Shrinking Was it Joe that one Franklin. or was it Joe Franklin is a dream walking? <laughs> <laughs> there were two. Drew, Drew did these great strips. And, and, and uh, at one point, Joe Franklin angrily said, you know, why, why is, uh, is Drew attacking me like this? I was, I was great friends with his father, Bruce J. Friedman. <laughs> and Drew said, he was never friends he never with met. my father. <laughs> Find Drew's books online, folks. Uh, uh, they're, they're the, the early books. Uh, they have the, the, the uh, what's, the, what's the, any any resemblance or, be, or any similarity between any persons living or dead? I'm fucking up the title. Yes. It's purely coincidental. Yeah. It's a wonderful collection of cartoons. One of them, if it's that one or the one afterwards, I I did an intro. I think Warts and All was the second one. Yeah, with the raised cover with the yeah. raised warts. But the, those two Joe F- uh, Franklin strips yes. are are gold. I don't know why he sued him for forty million dollars. I mean, Joe Franklin was already a living cartoon character. Correct. And he threatened to sue Sarah Silverman after the aristocrats. <laughs> remember that? Because <laughs> she, Sarah Silverman, the aristocrats, did a long story that ends with her looking to the camera and going, Joe Franklin raped me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that by that point, somebody advised him not to, not to do it. 
and we have to tell people there we were in in his Times Square studio. We walked out. Of, we left God, his office. I was just going to talk. You about tell it. it. I'll Go, set, you know, you I'll, could talk. I'll set it up. But we left his office because we thought we were going to get killed by the by falling debris. <laughs> there were no outlets. We went down the hall, and we if you listen to that episode, you can hear traffic noise because we're right on Broadway. Uh, in an empty room. I mean, it was a, it was an absolutely yes. empty room, and we had a card table in the center of the room, three chairs, you, me, and Joe Franklin. It was surreal. Yeah, the audio was was not ideal. And when we did the interview, gosh, I, I had the time of my life doing that. And when we did, when when he finished, to, to yeah, tell it, tell them what happened. We we were Frank and I are sitting there. We said goodbye to him, and he turns around and slowly is walking out. And the only thing missing would be like a really sad rendition of Smile, like, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Or, or like, yeah. or a sad, there's no business like show business. And he's walking and he's turning with his back to us into a silhouette. It was so strange. A he walked off into darkness. Hallway. Yeah. We both looked at each other yeah. and not, no, not, neither one of us said anything. Yeah. But we, it was one of those rare moments where we both recognized a moment. Yes. And we looked at each other. It was a very long corridor and he said, well, so long, fellas. You know, see you in the yes. next roundup. And he walked down this long corridor and he disappeared into darkness. And like, it really looked for all the world like Chaplin Exit. On, on a TV show or movie, you would think... They they had to work on that for a month to get that perfectly. It was beautiful. Yeah, and it and I knew I somehow knew it was the last we'd ever see of him. Yeah, you know, and I think it was his last interview. Yeah, and somebody wrote me and said this is at the point that that the podcast I started to realize that the that the podcast was becoming more than just a podcast that maybe we were and it sounds sounds a little self serving but maybe we were archivists. Yes, because we're getting the last you know we're last interviews with some of these people. Um, that was special. Um, I just want to wrap uh, uh, real quick. Anybody else you want to bring up before uh, I... Uh... I think Adam Sandler died this <laughs> year. <laughs> or is that just wishful oh. thinking? <laughs> now you've done it. I just want to add okay. one person. Uh, uh, that That is my dad who passed in um, uh, April. And... Uh, you know he was he was a funny character. His name was Charles. You can you can look at his paintings. Uh, go to charlesantopadre.com and look at his art. Very interesting guy. My dad. We had a complicated relationship, but he he introduced me to stuff like W. C. Fields and Jackie Gleason and Peter Sellers. He hated Danny Kaye and Bob Hope, and I I think <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> I won't tell you his feelings on Jerry, because I know how fond you are of Jerry. He would call me in the middle of the night. He, when I lived in L.A., he never had the time. He never could understand the time difference. Oh, yes. So he was up at 8, and yeah. he'd call me, at and it was 5 in L.A. <laughs> and he, he'd say, I don't understand. I don't understand these. I don't understand. How did Dane Clark have an acting <laughs> career? Dane Clark? Yes. <laughs> Nobody yes. knows who Dane Clark Or yeah. he'd call me and he'd rail about, like, Richard Jekyll. Oh. <laughs> you remember him? <laughs> yes. I'd say no one knows who these people are but you. <laughs> or he'd call me and he'd say, I, I, I can't sleep. I'm confused. Which one is Julia Armand and which one is Juliette Binoche? <laughs> 
And we'd have these really weird non sequitur conversations. I watched movies like Mad Mad World. He introduced me to that. And The Great Race, yes. which we've talked about. And then those magnificent men in their flying machines. Oh, my God. Those movies that they don't make anymore. Those magnificent men in, in their, their flying machines. machines. They, they go, go up, the up, up, up. They, they go, go down, 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 down. <laughs> And uh, one of our last conversations, I got him to listen to the Danny Aiello episode of the podcast. And, you know, one of the reasons our relationship was complicated was because, you know, he was kind of the star or the, or the talent in the family. And um, it was hard. It was sometimes hard to get him to, to, to check out or, or take seriously what I was doing. But he called me and he said, boy, that Danny Aiello episode, he sat and he listened to the whole thing. Yeah. And he said, uh, I never knew you had such a good voice. <laughs> Which was odd. And then he said, uh, I, I got to tell you one thing. And I said, what's that? And he said, that Gilbert Godfrey, he is one funny fuck. <laughs> Gilbert That's Godfrey. Yeah, one, G-O-D. That, that, that should be on the poster uh, when I'm outside a theater. Gilbert Godfrey, one funny fuck. What do you think? For a one-man show? <laughs> Godfrey, G O D F R E. It's not. It's not like he. You know, you've been in the public eye for forty years. That he should have. He should have learned your name. Anyway, this has been uh, a wonderful trip down memory lane. Yes. And we apologize for the many people who are leaving out. Well, next yes. the next time we get together, we'll, we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll bring hopefully up hopefully have more dead people. <laughs> Let's oh Al Molinaro from the Odd Couple. Oh my God! Yeah, Murray, yes. Murray the Cop, and from Happy Days. And in all of the obituaries, they mentioned Happy Days. Yeah. None of them mentioned the Odd Couple. Pissed me off big time. That that he was so. I remember one episode of the Odd Couple where he's uh, he and Tony Randall are sitting sipping cocoa on a, on a couch, and out of nowhere, for no reason at all. Almar and her goes, you know, sometimes when I'm sitting in my patrol car, I imagine the patrol car is a giant pumpkin. <laughs> Remember that? And my nightstick is a magic wand. Yes. <laughs> and Tony Randall says, drink your cocoa, Marty. <laughs> Do you remember the one where, where Felix is on the Richard Dawson show and and Murray's watching from home and Mur- and Felix looks into the camera and he says, "Murray, use your coaster." <laughs> and there was he can't see me. There was one great gag that he came up with for the Odd Couple. They were doing this scene before he walks into the room of Oscar and Felix, and it was taking a long time. So uh, Marinaro, who had this big nose, mm-hmm. shoved his nose through uh, the people. That's another great one. And said, hey, when are you going to be ready for me? So uh, they use that on yeah, the show. It was a great one. <laughs> Murray, come in here. You're, you're breathing up all the air yes. in the hallway. <laughs> and I think he was the person who introduced Gary Marshall to Robin Williams. Oh, wow. I think that's how Robin Williams was cast as Mark. I can't verify it. And yeah. Henry, when we had Henry on the show, he didn't remember that. But I, I, I had that from a couple of reliable sources. Anyway, I'm out. That's all I've got. And you know what we'll do? The next time we get together, we'll just run down some people we forgot. Yes. And hopefully some more people will die. I expect so. Tends to happen. <laughs> okay. So 
Uh, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, who told me that his father's expert opinion yes. was that Gilbert Godfrey is one funny fuck. <laughs> he knew comedy. Why don't you put that on your website? Yeah. Oh, speaking of websites, I promised John Steele's we would plug the site, yeah. which is gilbertpodcast.com, our brand new spanking new website. Oh, yes. Cur- courtesy cur- sub- subscribe and subscribe. on iTunes. Yes. Anything out? Uh, Did we leave no, anything this out? This has been our mo- In Memoriam show. We'll see you next year, guys. Bye.